Well, this week we celebrate Thanksgiving. And for me personally, I love this time of year uh, from big Thanksgiving meals with extended family to uh, backyard frisbee and football and go-karting. We did some of that yesterday with uh, my mom and dad's family and my brothers and their kids, that side of the family. We, it's just fun. It's so good. I, I, I love it. It's almost like time kind of slows down f- for a few minutes, you know, and the busyness of life sort of gets put on pause and you get to really focus in on the people you love and, and spend some time um, in those priorities. And I love that. It's uh, one of my favorite times of the year. So I hope you're able to share in some moments like that this week with some people that you love. Thanksgiving is special. And it's good to reflect and and let our hearts sort of refocus, recalibrate on the blessings of God. That's kind of what I want to talk about today. So um, I know uh, you're seated and comfortable, but we're going to read a short portion of God's word. And as we read, I want you to stand in honor of the Lord's word from Colossians, book of Colossians, chapter three. Colossians, chapter three. I want us to give our attention today to three phrases From this short passage, three phrases, and we're going to focus in on those. Would you read with me from Colossians 3, verse 15, 16, and 17? And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Father, we do give thanks to you through the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Open our eyes today to see your handiwork. Please make us into a stubbornly thankful people with determined, unshakable hearts of gratitude. We really need some growth here. So Lord, we thank you for hearing us changing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll be seated. So let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So our passage we're looking at today begins that way. Let the peace of Christ rule. It says you were called to peace in one body, the body of Christ. Talking about the church should be a people of peace. So think about it for a minute. The peace, the rest of Jesus, the kind of rest that Jesus exhibits. Remember, he's at peace in the midst of a storm, asleep in the bottom of the boat. While everybody else is panicking, Jesus is at peace. Jesus, the night before he's killed, is having dinner with his best friends and one of them in the room is going to betray him. But Jesus has not all been out of shape about it. He's at peace. It's that kind of peace, an unwavering peace, that when our lives are governed by that kind of peace, 
The result, the Apostle Paul says, is we will be thankful. Isn't that an unusual result? I mean, you might would think there would be plenty of other kinds of responses to peace. But Paul says three times in this text, three different ways that this kind of peace, the peace of Christ, as it rules and governs your life, the result will be you'll be a thankful person. So I want us to focus in on these three um, emphasis on this idea of being thankful. If you've got your sermon notes, these are pretty easy blanks today. But three times in this short text, we're called to be thankful. The first one is this. He says, and be thankful and be thankful. So the Lord is calling us to feel a certain way, right? Isn't that a tough command? Like, how do you command someone to be thankful? It's like. Um, it's like when I tell my children, hey, smile, <laughs> right? You know, be happy. I mean, that's a, it's an interesting way. I mean, it's how do you command emotion? And yet the Lord seems to do it all the time. In fact, the greatest commandment, he says, is to love, right? How do you command love? Well, the Lord doesn't seem to have a problem with it. It's a tough command. It's nearly impossible to make yourself to feel a certain way. So how do we work to cultivate thankfulness? Probably a lot of things we could talk about here, but, you know, sometimes the impulse of gratitude is is fairly natural. Something great happens. Your heart wells up with happiness. You acknowledge the source of whatever it was that was so good. And you're like, thankful. Sometimes it's a natural impulse. And other times it takes real intentionality. So to be thankful, I would say, is not just a feeling or an emotion. It is a discipline. It is a habit-building, heart-shaping discipline. So Paul's encouragement here is to actually exercise thankfulness. So when he says to be thankful, the actual literal translation means to be thankful. Becoming thankful. When you look at the the original Greek, the verb there is an ongoing state of being. So you might would interpret it or translate it, be becoming thankful. So it would almost be like somebody saying to you, I want you to be stronger. Well, as you think through that, you might would think, well, the only way I'm going to be stronger is if I do more push-ups or do more sit-ups or stop eating the cake or... (laughs) You know, those kinds of things. But you know that there's certain activities, regular activities that have to happen, you know. And you can't just I'm learning this. You can't just go to the gym and talk to people to get stronger. Um, Like I'm starting to figure that out. Like things don't change when I just stand around and talk like Leslie knows, like she's all the time getting on me. Hey, you got to work, Pastor. If you're not sweating it, you're not changing. I'm learning that, right? Well, to be stronger requires some regular habits of discipline. And in the same way, the Apostle Paul says, be thankful. There are going to be times where that's going to be a natural impulse. Something great happens. But most of the time, it's going to have to be a discipline we work on and work on and work on. He literally means be becoming thankful. It's a process of shifting our perspective From what is missing 
to what has arrived. From what is wrong to what is working. From what's hurting to what God is healing. From what is lacking to what has been made whole. From what didn't happen to what God did do. From who's not here to who is here. It's it's a shift of perspective. A constant, determined, intentional shift to look and see the good and be thankful. There's some intentionality about this. And it is not easy. In, in all honesty, it's very easy to let your eyes and your focus settle in on the disappointments and difficulties, isn't it? Let me tell you, you can make really quick friends around negative things. Did you know that? There's nothing like a complaining party to make good friends. But you know what? They're not true friends. The friends that stand around and gripe together are not building you up. They're glad to tear you down. It's so easy to let our eyes settle in on the things that are disappointing or discouraging. Disappointments, difficulties. Sometimes, honestly, in life, it seems as if that's all there is. Like there's not anything else to look at. But there's always an alternative of how to feel about it, how to think about it, how to process, right? And I'm not just preaching positivity. We'll get to the the depth of this in a moment. But there are alternatives. You know, Paul says to be thankful. There are alternatives, aren't there? I know a few. Be grouchy. I've been around those people, right? I've been that guy. Sometimes I'm a grump. My boys wake me up pretty early sometimes and I get to be grumpy. (laughs) Be angry. That's not the, the command Paul says. And be angry. No. That's an option. You can choose that option. Something happens. It didn't go like you wanted it to go. Anger comes out. I know a lot of men battle with anger for various reasons. A lot of women too. Be bitter. So something happened. You didn't like it. It, it upset you, but it wasn't just a moment for you. You're holding on to this feeling and now it's holding on to you. Be bitter is another option for you. What about be hateful? You ever encountered really hateful people? It's just everything's hateful. I mean, there's so many options. But the Apostle Paul says, choose this one. And be thankful. Be thankful. Cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. You know, each of these attitudes can take over if you let it. One, one pastor says about anger in particular, he says that anger is the great emotion eater. When I heard that, it really resonated with me. And I thought, wow. So he's saying to me, if I let anger fester, I can't really feel anything else. And the truth is, we only have so much capacity for emotion. There's only so much you can feel. You can't be thankful because you're too angry or maybe you're too grouchy or maybe you're too whatever. So these are all attitude options. But the Lord, through his word, is commanding us today, be thankful. 
What about when life is hard, when things are not good, when when you lose your job or uh, when a friend betrays your confidence or when the stock market tanks or when your son or daughter makes some pretty big mistakes? And so on and so on and so on. Surely though the Lord doesn't expect us to be thankful in the midst of those circumstances, does he? Well, to be sure, the Lord knows that we feel other things. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5, the Apostle Paul is writing to people who are losing loved ones. Dear brothers and sisters, Christians who have died. He doesn't say don't grieve. He says grieve, but don't grieve as the world grieves. The Lord does allow us to feel. He doesn't want fake people. He wants us to cultivate a new heart of thankfulness. But he does say in 1 Thessalonians 5, I want you to read with me this on the screen here behind me. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18, short exhortations from Paul. He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. Now, that's pretty pointed, isn't it? Now, take note. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Right? I mean, if you're, if you're battling some kind of illness, the Lord doesn't expect you to be like, well, thank you, God, for making me sick. No, that's, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, find the good. Trust the good. Trust the Lord that He is good even though this thing is not. Give thanks to God in all circumstances. This next phrase, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's pretty straightforward. What is God's will for you? Be thankful in all circumstances. God knows that praise that true gratitude will actually keep you out of the ditches. It'll keep you from going off the ledge into depression or into resentment or whatever it may be that if you determine to be thankful, it's a guardian for your heart. I heard a a story about a man who was mugged um, on the streets. I think this happened in England somewhere. I read this story a while back and I've forgotten some of the details, but I do remember this. The man was mugged and he was robbed. He, the robber took his wallet and the man grabbed his arm before he got away. And he said this. I thought this was crazy. He says, I want to give praise to God. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I would not be doing that in that moment. Uh, but he grabs the robber. Who had his wallet. He says I give praise to God. I'm thankful. This is my first time to be robbed. All my life. I'm I'm an old man now. And all my life I've never been robbed before. God has been faithful up to this point. And I am thankful for his faithfulness. Then he says. And Lord I'm thankful. That this man only took my wallet. And not my life. You've seen fit to spare me. Even though he's taken my things, I'm still alive to live another day. Then he said, Lord, I'm thankful that even though he took my wallet, my wife already took my money. (laughs) 
Ah, the man handed him his wallet back. I thought, <laughs> gratitude, brother, gratitude. Yeah, so it's not gratitude for every circumstance, but it's thankful. It's gratitude in every circumstance. So our thankfulness must be rooted in something other than the moments, the circumstances of life, right? If the apostle is saying, be thankful no matter what, then our thankfulness cannot be attached directly to the happenings of life. Life is tough. When your kid gets bullied or when your kid is the bully, when what you're counting on fails, when, when things are really hard. Thankfulness is not natural. So our thankfulness must be rooted in something greater than our circumstances. It must be something deeper, something longer lasting, something that cannot be taken and will not change. Well, the context of our scripture today, we're in verses 15, 16, 17. But if you will look back to the beginning of chapter one, I want to see what is the anchor point What is the bedrock of our gratitude? It's the gospel. Verse one, chapter three. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds. That's an idea about being thankful, right? Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. How about that for a gospel promise? So the apostle is saying to us, look, no matter what happens in your life, you can have the peace of Christ. You can be thankful because you're going to be with Christ in glory. No matter what happens here, set your mind on things above because God is faithful to the end. The goodness of the gospel. We can set our minds on eternal things, trusting in the resurrected Christ. Life is more than you see. It's more than you see. Eternally more. When Paul and Silas were in that prison in Philippi and they sang hymns and they prayed and they worshiped and the jailer and all the prisoners were like, what in the world? How could these guys be thankful? It's because their gratitude was connected to the gospel. Not just their circumstances. So the scripture says, and be thankful. Secondly, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. This is the phrase or expression I want us to focus on here. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. The first truth I want you to hear is that your heart matters. The core, the the deepest part of you matters. Thankfulness in your hearts. It's not just words on your lips, but true thankfulness to the core. You know, some say, well, just fake it till you make it. Jesus doesn't say that. He says, I actually want transformation on the deep, on the real, like at the core. I want to change who you are there. Then when it bubbles out, it's not fake. Do you know people can tell when it's fake? More importantly, do you know Jesus can tell? He knows. As always, Jesus is not interested in what you do or say only, but the heart behind it all. You know, when we give, when we give to God, 
It's not about how much or how little. Jesus says he loves a cheerful giver. What is he telling us? He's saying, I don't need your money. I want your heart. It's your heart that matters. Jesus, not only does he not want you to murder, right? But he's concerned about the hate in your heart. Not only does he not want you to commit adultery, he's concerned about the lust in your heart. It's always about the heart. Jesus doesn't just want your words of thanks. He wants thankfulness to take root in your heart. How many parents can relate to this? Uh, Just this week, somebody did something really kind for my five-year-old. Reese is the sweetest little kid, but she's super shy. And somebody did something kind, something sweet for her. She, She took their kindness, immediately was enjoying it, whatever. I don't remember what it was. She was like, oh, this is great. She went straight to that. And so I just, I leaned down and I was like, hey, um, that was really nice of her. What do you say? Blank stare. It's like, okay. um, Reese, that was so nice. Like, you should say, you you should say thank you. This time, a look at me with a really defiant stare. Hey, kid, you better say thank you. (laughs) Right. So it was at that point that um, she said something, mumbled uh, two syllables. It sounded like thank you. So I took it. Right. Here's the thing. I wasn't happy about it because words came out, but they didn't originate in the heart. It's crazy how this kind of thing can't be pushed. Right. There has to be a transformation within. God wants thankfulness in your heart. Genuine gratitude at the core. And then second truth from this little bit. Your thankfulness needs direction. It needs a target. He says with thankfulness in your hearts to God. A lot of people are thankful. But are they thankful to God? Are they thankful to God? James 1.17, it says that every good and every perfect gift is from the Father of lights. From above, from the Father. His good gifts come to us as good gifts from a good, perfect Father. He's a good giver. Are you thankful to God? Does your thankful heart have aim and direction to worship, to praise Him? It's a humbling reality to receive something that you couldn't earn and turn and say that. Thank you for blessing me. I didn't earn this and I don't deserve it. Thank you, God. Jesus reminds us that if we earthly and evil fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more so? How much more so the perfect father in heaven. Thankfulness in your heart to God. So give some direction to your thankful feelings. Acknowledge the source of all your blessings. Psalm 103. It says, I forget not all your benefits. Forget not. That means I remember, I recall all your benefits. Acknowledge, honor God for who he is and 
His blessings, even if they're not in sight. A brief word of warning here uh, in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. There's a danger for the ungrateful heart. Those who refuse to acknowledge God. There's a danger. I want you to look at what the scripture says in Romans 1, 21. It should be on the screen behind me now. It says, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or look at it. Give thanks to him. What happened was their ingratitude had some serious internal consequences. It says they became futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. They gave themselves to idolatry and you could go on and on reading all the terrible ramifications. And and where does it come from? It comes from this idea of not being grateful to God, acknowledging him as who he is and what he's done. There's a danger. So be thankful in your heart to God. That's how far we've gotten. Third point. Third truth. Here we go. He says at the end of our text in verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. To feel thankful is not enough. I learned this from our Wednesday refuel group this week. And I tell you, that that group on Wednesday nights, and you're more than welcome to join in. It's so much fun. We learn from each other. and I learned from that group this week this expression. Unexpressed gratitude is unexperienced gratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is unexperienced gratitude. So think practically with me for a minute. When someone does something kind for you, or maybe they give you something special, you receive their kindness and you truly feel thankful. You're like, this is wonderful. This is is great. The giver is waiting with suspense. For your response to their kindness. And here's why. It's because of this. I want you to think. Listen. The joy of giving is somehow only completed by the expressed joy of the receiver. It's this circle that needs to come full circle. Imagine two scenarios, if you will. Um, Woman gives gift to man. Here's the scenario. Two guys. Guy number one receives the gift. Sticks it in his pocket. Smiles and walks away. That's guy number one. Guy number two receives the gift. Looks at it. Turns to her and says, this is so great. I love it. You're so thoughtful and kind to bless me with this. Thank you so much. Now, the distinction. Guy number one who turned and walked away, he's happy, right? He feels 
thankful. But his gratitude went unspoken. Is she, this is a question for you, the giver, is she happy or is she a little upset? Come on, you can say it. We know the truth here, right? Let me just say it for you. She ain't happy. She ain't happy. This is super helpful for, me, for some of you guys out there. <laughs> um, if you didn't get it the first time, let me say it this way. Unexpressed gratitude is felt as ingratitude. Unexpressed gratitude is felt from the giver's side of it as ingratitude. He walked away happy. She stood there disappointed. So here we need to distinguish between thanks feeling and thanksgiving. What's this holiday called? Thanksgiving, right? And the Apostle Paul here makes it super clear in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks, not just feeling thankful, giving thanks. The classic scripture on this issue is the story of the 10 lepers in Luke 17. If you haven't ever read it, you need to read this story. You know, leprosy is this disease that they would get and it would show up in sores and boils on their skin. It's oozing and gross and and and. There was a social stigma because it's so contagious. It's, um, and so anytime a leper would come into the city, they would have to shout out, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And they wore these ratty clothes because their clothes were always getting, you know, smelly and stinky from the blood and the, all the yuck. And so leprosy was a, was a deal. And it was a common deal in Jesus's day. Well, as Jesus is coming through an area, 10 lepers come to him. And they say to him, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus says to these 10 lepers, okay, go show yourself to the priest. Now, what is that about? Well, um, in order to be declared clean and let back into society, the priest would have to observe that they've been healed, acknowledge there was a miracle and then send them back into the city with with clean, there would be some ceremonial washings and all that would go on. And then they would be welcomed back into society. Super rare that it ever happened. Most lepers died with leprosy. But Jesus encounters these 10 lepers and he just tells them, go show yourself to the priest. That walking to the priest was an act of faith. Massive act of faith that this I'm, he's going to heal me. By the time I get to the priest, I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to be healed. And guess what? All ten of them healed. As the Bible says, as they went, as they walked, they were healed. Can you imagine walking along and the sores that you've been living with for years just start to go away? The pain, the, 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 the hurt, the stench starts to just... Can you imagine? Amazing. This is incredible. The thankful feeling, I'm sure, is there. The gratitude. This is is the best thing. They begin to imagine, what is life going to look like now? I get to see my family again. I get to be with my people again. Certainly, they're thankful in their heart, right? Feeling thankful. One of the ten turns back 
runs to Jesus on his way. The Bible says he's praising God with a loud voice. He's shouting, this is awesome. God is so good. He falls down at Jesus' feet and he's thanking him. Look what it says. It says he fell at his feet, giving him thanks. Giving him thanks. And Jesus answered him. We're not ten cleansed. Jesus knew what he had done. It wasn't a secret to him that all ten were healed. Of course he knew it. He healed all of them. He knew it. We're, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Now I want you to listen right here. The point Jesus is making is that to receive a blessing... The right and holy response is to turn and return thanks, to give thanks. Unexpressed gratitude is unexperienced gratitude. Jesus expected, he wanted their thanks. They enjoyed the blessings of God, but they neglected the God of their blessings. A few really practical exhortations. So listen, listen, very practical here. Teenagers, college students in the room. Your parents are a daily blessing to you. Daily blessing to you. Don't take them for granted. Don't hold an expectation over them for your laundry and your... We could go through a list. That's not in their job description. That's their blessings to you. Gas money isn't to be expected. It's to be received with a thank you. This means a lot. Thank you. Here's a secret. College students especially. Teenagers especially. It's more fun to bless those who give thanks. Did you know that? From the giver side of things. It's more fun to give to those who are thankful. At the end of this story, the ten lepers, Jesus looked at the one and he said to that one, your faith has made you whole. Now we could dig into this a little bit deeper here. And what we would find is that when Jesus, when the scripture says the ten were cleansed, it's talking about physical cleansing. But when Jesus turned to the one, he says, your faith has made you whole. That word is salvation. So Jesus turned to the one who returned and followed up with more blessing. And that's the way that rolls. It's more fun to give to the one who gives thanks. Uh, Another practical exhortation, husbands, wives, don't overlook the blessings. Sometimes all we see are the things that frustrate us, the things that are left undone. You know? Give grace to the things that are undone. Give your attention to what has been done. Give thanks. Notice it. Speak about it. Acknowledge it. Hey, I I noticed how well you did that and I'm really thankful. Thank you. Another secret. Gratitude is is a much better motivator than guilt. So don't use guilt. Don't use guilt 
to get him to do what you want. (laughs) Not just speaking to the wives. Don't use guilt to get him to do what you want. He'll resent it. Use gratitude and he'll want to do it again. Of course, these principles apply across the spectrum, right? I mean, so many practical ways to apply them. But Jesus made it clear that he wants us to give thanks to him, to praise him for his blessings. He doesn't want us just to feel thankful. He wants us to give thanks. His joy is made complete when your joy is expressed in praise and thanksgiving. So this morning we get to celebrate Christ through communion I'm going to ask our musicians to come at this point. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper together. If you have a a child who's in our kids programs, if you would like to go get them at this point, if, if if they are a Christian, if they're a follower of Christ and you want them to participate in the Lord's Supper with us, you can slip out at this point. But if you've received the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ then we welcome you to participate with us as we acknowledge God's goodness through the gospel. Um, Be thankful in your heart to God and give thanks. Three very simple exhortations that we need to uh, exercise this morning. Jesus came to rescue you, right? You know that? You guys are awake still. You with me? Listen, Jesus came to rescue you. He came to save sinners like me, like you. He lived the life you couldn't. He died the death you deserve. He rose from the dead, resurrected to be seated on his throne as the eternal king. He is to be worshipped. He's to be celebrated, to be praised. But this has become personal, right? He's not just some God out there. He's your savior. He's your Lord. He's healed you of all your ailments. This is the moment you return to him. You come to him. You say, you fall on your face before him. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Let your thankful heart be rooted in the gospel that the one who died for you has risen as your hope, your eternal hope. And no matter what happens in this life, you can be thankful because forever and ever and ever you belong to Christ that's your story go to him let's shout his praises fall at his feet in worship so as we come to the lord's table this morning our minds are drawn back to this ultimate act of love god sent his son to die in our place i want to uh, encourage you to take a few moments and then we've got um, these little stations and four places um, down here And in the back corners as well. Please go after you've had a few moments just with the Lord confessing sin, acknowledging him, trusting in Christ. If you are truly a believer today, we encourage you to participate with us. Go and get a cup of juice and a piece of bread. Go back to your seat. Wait for me and I'll walk us through the scripture as we remember Christ together. Let's pray.